You're listening to Embarrassing Family, where we share our weirdest, wackiest, and wildest family stories. Hello, everyone. Today, as our guest, we have Ryan Cunningham. He is a comedian who is not afraid to talk about any topic. He's performed all over the southeastern coast from Maryland to Florida, in small venues and sold-out shows alike. So, Ryan, you have 14 siblings, five dads, and three moms. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) It's got to be an interesting family. Yeah, so, you know, the 14 siblings, you know, we're not all related, biologically, obviously, you know, because of the many different wives and and dads and everything that, you know, I've had throughout my life. So what is the easiest way? I guess we have my mom and my dad who were originally married. So they were married and they had three kids together. So uh, my sister, me, and my younger sister. The reason I say had in quotation marks for those of you listening in audio is because my oldest sister is not actually my father's child. So my sister's sixth birthday, my dad finds out not his kid. What? Yeah. He didn't know? Yeah. Didn't know. Had no idea until I guess there was some paternity dispute or something like that because the real dad was in the Navy and so was my dad. They didn't know each other, did they? The 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 Your dad and the real dad? They were like, were they like best friends or something? No, it wasn't even like that. I mean, I guess it was just, you know, I guess my mom had a type, you know? Yeah, the thing for Navy guys. Yeah, exactly. I, I have don't no idea. Don't bring near any warships. Like, I don't even know how her and the other guy met. And it really surprises me too. I'm, I have no idea how people like cheated back in the day, you know? Because it's like they didn't have Tinder and like... It just seems like it'd be so difficult. I guess they wrote, did like handwritten letters. Yeah, exactly. You really had to put in that extra work. So those are my siblings who I guess I would say I'm closest to. I grew up the, with them my entire life. So then my mom married this guy named uh, Sean, who actually my my dad's name is Sean as well. Oh, God. So that's got to be really confusing. So again, she likes Navy guys and dudes named Sean. Stay away from any Navy guys named Sean. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. If uh, you guys know anybody. Yeah. So they were married. He was by far my least favorite stepdad. I had some bunnies and he left them outside one time when we were on a trip and some dogs got to him. Like That's got to be disturbing. Yeah. Every single animal I had, this guy is murdered. And then actually come to find out the gift that keeps on giving. I When I, I got my first like studio apartment and I called like the internet company to set up internet and this guy like stole my identity when I was like 13, set up internet in his name with my social security number. And then they were like, wouldn't let me have internet. And I was like, so you're telling me you went into a, uh, uh, a contract with a 13 year old. So, and this was because of your, your, your stepdad. Yes. This is my stepdad. This guy was a real winner. Yeah. So he basically literally ruined your identity. Yeah. Well, and luckily they were, you know, it was wiped clean, you know, that it all got sorted. But then, okay, so that was her second husband. Then we got Nathan. Nathan, he's a cool guy. He's still around. It's a weird dynamic because all of these people, minus, you know, Sean number two, are still kind of friends. Like they don't hang out, but we get together and, you know. Like a barbecue. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Nathan and my mom had two kids together, Nick and Brayden. I, I mean, that's the story there. There's not a, not a big, you know, 
nothing crazy yeah. like the other guy. I guess things just didn't work out. And then she met this other guy named John. So John is my mother's current husband. And so he's 11 years older than her. It's not that weird. I mean, once you're, I think once you're in your thirties, no one really notices the difference between like 30 and 50. If you're a young 50, I don't know. That's how I feel. I think once you're, you're, you're up there, it's like, you're just, you're just past that point. You might as well just be dating like 60, 70, 80 year olds. I don't know. Me personally, I just always look at my parents as like old. Like to me, they're like dirt old. So she's married to John. Me and John, we did not get along at all when uh, when I was a kid. But their relationship has somehow, you know, worked out. I think they've been together like 10 years or something like that. That's nice. So, yeah, I mean, so, I mean, they're they're going okay. As for my dad, first wife, obviously my mom. Second wife uh, was a lawyer and uh, he had a daughter with her. And so... That's another sibling to add to the add to the pot. I think she's got to be eight or nine. It's so hard to keep up with the ages when you get when you have as many as I do. Yeah, exactly. So many so many kids to keep track of. Exactly, and and, and so I'm terrible with birthdays. The other day, uh, well, about a year ago, uh, it was my dad's birthday. I called him. I told him about a new job that I got. I asked him about car problems, and then totally forgot to tell him happy birthday. Until I looked at the date and said, oh, crap. Oh, shit. Yeah, it's December 18th. And then uh, I called him and uh, told him happy birthday. But so they didn't last very long. They lasted about two years. And then my dad was single for a long time. Met this other lady, Betty. So she already had like five kids. Like my dad, he was almost free and clear. Like all of his kids were about to be out of the house. Um, except for the one, you know, and she was technically out of the house too. Cause she lived with her mom. He, he knocked this girl up at work. What? <laughs> so, um, they ended up having a kid together. That sister of mine is 17 years younger than me. Uh, but like I said, she already had five kids. So my dad was almost free and clear, ended up with six additional kids. Couldn't have kept it in his pants. Yeah. And, and, and so that's that's all 14. That's how they all come together. Are you closer to different sides of the family or like different people? Like, how does that work? I'm definitely closest with my my only true biological sibling, which is um, Cheyenne. Uh, you know, me and her talk not often, I wouldn't say, you know, but I'm not super close to anybody in my family except for my grandma. Um, me and her talk almost every night, you know, as far as my siblings goes, you know, Cheyenne's definitely probably who I talk to the most. It's funny because as kids, like we hated each other and, but now, you know, she's definitely like my closest sibling. One of my jokes is, um, cause I do talk about my family, of course, you know, with, with the material that How they could you me. not. And, uh, and, and so one of the jokes is like, I have a big family of 14 siblings. Um, but, uh. It's a split family, so I have a few step-siblings, a few half-siblings, and my full siblings, or as I call them, the ones I actually love. <laughs> but yeah, so my my full sister, Cheyenne, and then I guess I would say, you know, my sister, Sam, is probably second. The only reason I don't think we're as close is because she's very bossy. Is that the one that your mom had with the, the other guy? Yes, my older sister, yeah. And so she she's just e- extremely bossy, like... She's like, oh, you want to come by my place and hang out? And then like you're driving there 
And she's like, could you pick me up a Dr. Pepper on the way? Makes you her errand boy. You get there and she's like, your nieces really want to play with you. And it's like, oh, so you wanted a Dr. Pepper and a babysitter. I see. <laughs> uh, I, I see why you wanted me to hang out. A free, a free nanny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, you know, then my brothers, I would say we're pretty close. Well, not really, not super close, but it's always fun when they hang out, you know, but I, I don't usually call or text them or, you know, we see each other when we see each other. And then my dad's stepchildren, a lot of them I've known since they were very little, like, you know, from age like 16 to probably 20, I lived on and off with them. And so I got pretty close with those kids. My mom's stepchildren, not really close with them at all. They all kind of moved out and, you know, we were never, they were always kind of, they were not my style when I was coming up. Yeah. And then my, my, you know, there's a, like one of my sisters, my, my dad's, the lawyer's daughter. I very rarely see her. They just finally actually like officially settled their divorce. And so like she was not coming around very often. And so the last time I was there, uh, I think Christmas, like she was there at the house, which the first time she'd ever been there, like while I was there. And, um, she was like, I haven't seen you in years. And I'm like, we've seen each other several times this year. And then I thought about it. I was like, no, we haven't. The last time I've seen her, it's like every birthday I see her and then never like, so it's hard to stay close, you know, when there's so many different connections and ties and everything with, with, with people. But, you know, I try to stay in touch the best I can, but I think it'd be easier if 14 people were calling me instead of me trying to call 14 people. You know what I mean? Yeah. It must be like extremely difficult keeping track of like so many people and like all our names and like, birthdays feels like it's like game of thrones it's just like keeping track of like so many people and who they are and how they're related to you you know and they're all having sex with each other too just like game of thrones so you got no <laughs> really <laughs> they're lannisters too yeah we never had uh, we don't have any grandkids i never had any hot stepsisters that was always my biggest Aww. complaint to my mom was like come on like if you're gonna keep upending my life here like at least give me some hot stepsisters that you know. Yeah, come on. Yeah, make it worth it. Give me a solid. <laughs> so I'm I'm curious your your um older sister, what was the relationship between her and your dad like after he found out he wasn't the dad? Is he still like do you still like treat her the same? Like it's just it's just such a weird situation, you know? I mean, they have a great relationship. Uh really the biggest relationship that was affected during that whole transition was my sisters and my mom's. Um, because obviously there's a lot of animosity there. Yeah. I mean, just imagine being a six year old kid and you love your dad, like so deeply. And then like, oh, that's not your dad. It's like, whoa, you know, like that's crazy for a kid to hear. So they didn't talk for years. Uh, but my dad and my sister, I mean, my dad was legally her father. Cause you know, his name was on the birth certificate yeah. and, and all of that stuff. So they're very close. I mean, I think my I'd say my dad and my older sister are probably actually the closest uh, out of all of us. Um I know they talk all the time and he still sends her money so <laughs> they they stayed really close. You know it's interesting uh they, there's a I think a Netflix thing called um Babies or whatever and um it just talks about how the the brain changes when you have a baby or when you take care of a baby even if that baby is not biologically related to you the the change is actually the exact same that happens in the brain. Do you have any kids, David? 
No, I don't. No, yeah. So I have a none daughter. that I know of. What's that? Now that you know of, yeah, for sure. Yeah, same. No, I've got the one that I know of at least. And uh, if I found out tomorrow that like I wasn't her dad, like I'd be mad, but it definitely wouldn't change our relationship at all. You know, now her mom, that'd be a, you know, <laughs> be like get out of here. I'll stop there to not incriminate myself, but. <laughs> So I guess I'm curious. I mean, I know you have a wife or a girlfriend. Um, yeah, we're married. Yeah. Okay. So what was it like introducing her to your family? Here's kind of how it went down because we were married really before she even met most of my family, I think, because we met and we dated for like three months and then got married at like a courthouse one Friday. Very low key. Yeah, exactly. So I, I had like on on Facebook I had posted I was in a relationship and that was about as much as I think most of my family knew. And then I sent my dad a text message uh, my wedding night with a picture of the uh, the marriage certificate. And uh, he just sends me a, a message back that says uh, she's harder to get rid of now. <laughs> and uh, so that's uh, I'm sure your dad's had a few hard lessons when it comes to uh, when it comes to marriage. Yeah, he has. Yeah, he has some experience with that. And then eventually, you know, we got down there and he met my stepmom and my dad and all of his kids. And and then also a couple of times she went with me when we met up with my stepsister, who is the lawyer's daughter. All that was pretty easy. And she's hung out with them a, a bunch of times, you know, because I, I visit him every couple of months, every three or four months, probably. And then my my, my family in Florida, we actually decided to move to Florida at one point. Um, and so we were there for a while. And that's kind of how all they met. It's actually nice to be able to meet everybody individually like that. Because if you do meet them like at once, it's like, yeah, it's like, whoa, you know, we've been married almost three years and our families just met like each other on uh, my daughter's second birthday. I'm guessing her family's a lot smaller. Yes. Yeah. Her family is like, you know, mom, dad, three kids. That's it. And so uh, her dad was there. And he was like, okay, who is everybody? <laughs> and so I was just like listing them off, you know, and, and it's funny cause it's, it's, it feels so easy for me, but uh, an outsider view, like it would be even harder and even crazier to keep track of. Yeah, exactly. How, how does your daughter like process this? How old is she by the way? She just turned two. So okay. she's, she's kind of at the age where she does recognize, I think that people like certain people are family members and stuff like that. You know, she calls her great grandma, grandma. And then she calls my mom, Mimi. You know, the biggest thing with, you know, my daughter, it's just all about who we're around more. Actually, you know, it's really weird because I, I, that's not even true because my grandma, my grandma was there when she was like first born. Um, she stayed with us in Florida for a while and helped us take care of her. And so, my grandma left when she was about three months old to go back to where she's from, then didn't see her again until her second birthday, but she stayed with us. And I mean, my daughter was all over, like she was like a duck that had been imprinted or something. And so she was super close with her, kind of close with my mom, but not, not anything crazy. It definitely took her some time to warm up with it to her. She really likes her grandmother on her mom's side, so my mother-in-law, and she likes my dad, but uh, my wife's dad, anytime he picks her up, just like 
cries. You must love that. Yeah, I feel so bad for him every time, but I think it's just partly, you know, we just don't visit them enough. And then there, there's her, uh, uh, my wife's brother. He's got like huge eyebrows, and I think she just finds that really fascinating. So she's always like intrigued by him every time. Like she, I think she just thinks he's like so funny looking. And <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very distinguishing the the thick eyebrows. Oh yeah, and so but she so she loves him. But then she also has a nephew uh, named Mikey, and we were over there visiting, and they're kind of playing together, not really, just kind of briefly interacting, and. Madeline takes this truck, this huge truck, and just throws it at his head, like out of the blue. Very violent. And so I teach martial arts too and stuff. So she'll go around like punching and kicking people. And like <laughs> when she was younger, anytime I'd pucker up, she would like literally like punch me in the mouth. <laughs> you know, it was good and it was bad because I was like, as a father, it was like, okay, I'm happy you're doing this because what if one of these little boys at the playground tries to give you a kiss, you know, but his ass kicked. Yeah, exactly. But I was also like, come on, I just want to kiss, you know? <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, she is a little violent, but the funny thing was he wasn't phased at all. He, he couldn't have cared less. He was just like, what? Uh, and I yelled at her, of course, for doing it. And so she was crying and he's like, what's going on here? <laughs> That's really adorable. Yeah. I love toddler like, uh, 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 violence. I think it's really cute. Toddler violence. Yeah. <laughs> Next time, just put it on like YouTube, just like toddlers attacking other toddlers, toddler fight. She'll probably officially join like le the legitimate martial arts classes in another like six months. And so I'll get her like all the everything. And so she'll do some fights. I got some videos of her fighting me. She said she's pretty good, actually. She's not bad. How do like big events work in your family? Like, you know, weddings or like, you know, big kind of celebrations is it like a whole major affair or is it just like, it's just like everything's crazy. It's kind of just like every man for themselves. So for example, with my daughter's second birthday, that was probably the biggest event that was coordinated um, between all the family members. And it's a lot of wheeling and dealing. So like, well, number one, first step to every major event is I had to create a Facebook page for it. Then I send out all the invites to people. And also, keep in mind, I, I planned my daughter's second birthday party six months in advance because... Yeah, with all those people. Like with my, you know, my dad and my stepmom. They were supposed to go see my sister for Thanksgiving. And uh, I was like, you guys are going to be coming for uh, Madeline's birthday party. They were like, oh, we can only do one holiday a year or whatever. So I was like pissed at them forever. I was like, come on. Like, I was so mad. So my daughter's birthday party was December 27th. And so I called them on Christmas. They live three hours away. They're like, are you going to come for Christmas dinner? And I was like, no. It's like, you're not even going to come for your granddaughter's second birthday. Why would I drive there if you're not going to come here? And they were like, we didn't say that. I was like, yes, you did. Like, I've got these messages saved. And they're like, no, we just meant we can only plan for one holiday at a time. And I was like, all right, I'll come. But if I come and then you guys don't come to her birthday party two days later, I'm going to be really mad. And uh, so we ended up coming and then they ended up coming. And so they didn't bring all the kids. They only brought two of the kids, which was probably for the better because of COVID and whatnot. And then with my mom, it was like, I'll come, but I want you to see, you have to go to your step grandmothers on Christmas Eve. 
It's like all this haggling. Yeah, exactly. So it's just frustrating. You know, as a dad, it's like, okay, I do it because I want everybody at the party. Yeah. You also just got to hassle them like every couple of weeks. So you guys coming? Are you coming? Are you coming? And then eventually, you know, once you bother them enough, I I think they eventually get the point like you want them to be there. So, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of wheeling and dealing. It's a lot of like just harassment. And luckily, I'm very good at saying no. So anytime they ask me to do any of that crap, I'm like, no, no way. I'm not going to do that. I don't even go to funerals. Unless it's one of the siblings, then I'll go. What about your parents or your grandparents? Uh, Okay. Well, my parents, okay. My parents and like the grandparents I'm close to. I'll give them that. Like I went to my grandpa's funeral. At the time, I lived pretty close. I don't know if I would have been there if if I didn't live as close as I did at the time. But And I gave a eulogy, so I, I, get, I get extra points for that one. That means yeah. I don't have to go for, to another funeral for like 20 years. Yeah, it's like a, like, a, like a credit, you know? It's like a barter system. Yeah, exactly. It's like I, you sit at a funeral, you can miss one other funeral. You, you do a eulogy, you can miss 20 funerals. If you're a pallbearer, 50. Yeah, when they call me, I'm just going to say, well, I gave a eulogy at this last yeah. one, so that's kind of like my only funeral gig for this year. Yeah, I'm a very I'm very highly in demand. You can uh, you can only get one eulogy out of me. That's it. I'm done. I mean, if if they're booking me, then we can talk, but it's got to be someone that I don't care about that much cuz I realized I'm not a sensitive guy and my, you know, my grandpa, I, I wasn't super close to my grandpa. And this is one of those things about comedy is just, you know, you use it to deal with stuff, you know? Yeah. And so I had written this whole eulogy that was like really sweet and like tender and like really good. And I had it like on paper. That's what I was going to read. I had memorized it. Like a lot of work went into it. And then I got up there and I tried to do it a couple of times. I got through like the first couple lines and then like started choking up. And then, so the only way I could like recover was to be like, so, you know, grandpa was like an asshole. You guys know, right? So, <laughs> You know, like he was a real prick. And, uh, <laughs> and so then I did your family love that. Yeah. Well, so then I started like telling this story about, uh, you know, my grandpa, when we, uh, we all went to his retirement party, you know, we were there at their house cause we couldn't get a hotel or anything. They had a big house. So we were all just crashing there and we were all taking showers. Like I, I worked for a landscaping place at the time. So I was like extremely dirty Worked like 12 hours, uh, drove to his place and then just wanted to take a shower. And like, he was so upset. Everyone was like stealing his water or something like that. You know, old people like he was just paranoid. And so, and to be fair, he did have like dementia, but so he, he said something and and I was like, well, you know, I guess I'll just, uh, I'll just go and jump into that pond next time or whatever. And he was like, well, if you keep being a smart ass, I'll throw you in the pond. (laughs) <laughs> typical old man speak and then that whole night i was just like man i don't even go to this retirement party like i should just leave you know but then we ended up having a good time it's like you can't hold old people to what they say you know yeah exactly yeah so i just ended up telling that story about how he was a jerk you know and then was like but that's just who he is and he's dead now <laughs> i'm guessing your family really uh really loved that yeah well the funny thing was, was, you know, people came up to me and were like, that was really beautiful, Ryan. And I was like, I wish someone would have recorded that just so I could, you know. And, and the funny thing was, is everyone's so used to being, to seeing me together. I'm like the person who doesn't cry in the family. So when I started getting choked up, then everyone else started like crying in the audience when they saw me. 
And as a comedian, it's like, that's the exact opposite. I've never been on stage and started telling jokes and someone started crying. That's a weird achievement. Yeah. That's like the, that's like the the last thing I want to do. And so then that's when I had to really like, all right, I got to backtrack because this is not working out for me. And uh, yeah, so it was an interesting experience, but I inherited a bunch of guns for it. So guns. Oh, wow. <laughs> Grandpa's a real, uh, real uh, gun toter. Yeah, he was a well, he was in Vietnam War and he was a big hunter and stuff like that. So, you know, he had a bunch of like old stuff that, uh, you know, just needed to be taken care of. And as my brothers, you know, turn of age and get their own places eventually dispersed throughout the community so they can be sold illegally and, you know, uh, (laughs) contribute to the whatever the next rally is that goes. I don't know, whatever. Guns are really going up in price now, thanks to the new uh, new administration. Yeah, exactly. I should be capitalizing on that. I My grandma would be pissed if I sold any of those guns. What she told me was like, you can't sell any of them. So, you know, we'll wait till her funeral. Then, <laughs> then we'll talk shop. Exactly. Then you'll have, a, you'll have all, the, all the guns for sale. Well, not all of them. I got to keep a couple, you know, for myself to keep my, my eulogy business going. <laughs> so. <laughs> Keep your uh, relatives away. Yeah, yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah. Like, all right, if you guys get divorced one more time. So how? I mean, how has that kind of impacted you as a comedian, having such a large family? I'm sure it must, you know, really contribute to your act. The funny thing is, like, most of what I do is pretty dark, and so my family stuff is like what I use. That's kind of like my opening, like five minutes is just, and I also only tell one-liners. I I feel like I'm not the best storyteller, at least if I try to do it in joke form. But the first five minutes pretty much is, is all family jokes. And it's really, most of those jokes are like all based on the truth. And so it was stuff that was really easy to write. The hard part as a comedian and, you know, having this, that many family members, well, number one, I really don't care if I hurt their feelings. (laughs) <laughs> yeah fuck them i mean it's just kind of like i i made this whole rant on facebook one time because people were like i don't know i was probably being a jerk i probably deserved it but somebody like had made a comment about uh, just my humor or whatever and, and kind of bashing it and i was like apparently you guys don't realize what i do f- yet like i i take you guys, and then I, 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 I profit off of you, and I, uh, yep. and I, and I don't feel bad about making you the butt end of the joke, and I am okay with humiliating you, and so you know you could just, you just got to be okay with that. But there are some jokes that I'm like, even though I don't really mind being the jerk, there's some that go pretty, uh, pretty far that I'm like, I really hope like my mom doesn't hear this joke or whatever. So, for example, this one is a newly written joke, but it's one of my personal favorites, but it's super harsh because I grew up very poor. And so it's it's kind of based off of that. And so it's like, you know, I, I've always had a hard life. Um, you know, I was, as a kid, there were days we'd go without food. There's days we'd, we'd go without electricity. But my mom tried her hardest. She really did. But she always made time for what was most important to her, cheating on her husband's. <laughs> so I love that joke oh, now, but it's one of those ones like, man, I hope like my mom does not hear that joke. And um, well, there's definitely some truth in that. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's the whole. Yeah. And so, you know, there's a lot of weird stuff with my family, too. Like my family is like very like 
like way too sexually open, I think. Yeah. And so like, I've got some jokes about that and like, but it, it helps set up for all of like the really mean stuff. I I also exaggerate sometimes or I change details. I shouldn't say exaggerate, but I, I can change details sometimes. Like, you know, one of the jokes is um, my dad gave me the safe sex talk when I was about 12. When I was 15, he had his fifth kid and I realized I probably shouldn't be taking his advice. <laughs> you know, just stuff like that. Like, yeah, it definitely gives me some material. And then, you know, I've got a bunch of jokes about just how my parents are just always fucking around and stuff and have a ton of kids. So then after like all those jokes about my parents and um, just having a million kids, I go, um, you know, I make jokes, but my parents are great people, factories. Um, <laughs> and, and so just like just stuff like that, you know, works really well. But just as a performer, it was always nice to have not necessarily I don't usually run jokes by my family. But you kind of develop your personality and perform for them in a way and and just having so many different, you know, my parents are exact opposites. I mean, my mom is like Democrat, Christian, you know, my dad's like, you know, Republican, atheist, you know, like they're they're exact opposites. And so that really developed my personality just as who I am as a comic and as a you know, uh, just a regular person, you know, I think I got a good mix of a lot of stuff and I had a lot of life experience, um, for sure at a young age, just because of the dynamic and, and all of that. So, I mean, it, it's, I think it's really helped me, it, you know, is all the trauma worth it? If I get super famous, then sure. Once I'm making, I, I think I can put a price tag on it. I think 250,000 is worth the trauma. Once I reach that number, then I'll, I'm sure I'll be all better. <laughs> It'll pay for all your uh, all your uh, psychiatrist bills. Yeah, exactly. All the th- I can f- I'll finally be able to afford therapy instead of going and saying weird stuff in front of a bunch of strangers. Yeah, exactly. So I just I think we're gonna uh, wrap up, but I just want to know: is, Are there any other funny stories of your uh, family you'd like to share? So as I said, my you know my mom was a. Well, my whole family really it was very open sexually. And by that, I mean like they were like public displays of affection and like talking about their sex life and just stuff that like no kid really wants to hear their parents talk about. Yeah. And um, one benefit of it, though, was that, you know, my mom was one of those people who were like, my kids are, you know, they're teenagers. They're going to have sex like she just wanted us to be safe. So the time there's probably three or four um teenagers all you know me my older sister um my stepsister so yeah three teenagers who were all like you know more or less sexually active in the house and so my mom would buy like a communal box of condoms that was under the sink and so like if you know whatever was going down you could just go and you could grab it or whatever so it's embarrassing now to even think about it how it even came up in conversation but <laughs> Like my mom, I was dating this girl and her name was May. And uh, we had used, um, you know, flavored condoms for various reasons. And um, so we had one that was mint flavored. And uh, that was like her favorite flavor or whatever. And so I also liked the mint because it gave it would give you like a little bit of a tingling sensation. Makes your breath smell nice too. Yeah, exactly. And also a benefit. I don't mind kissing you after. 
And so, <laughs> so my mom like comes in one day, I guess we had run out of condoms, the communal box of condoms. And she goes in to the room and she asked the girl, my girlfriend, like, what's your favorite, right? Like Ryan says you like the mint, you know? So that was just the kind of thing like, like that they would do. I don't know if it was to get at me or, you know, what it was, you know, another example. And this is kind of on us because we we do like to play cards against humanity a lot. And we try to do it with the most awkward people you can find. Like we played it with my grandma over Christmas, you know, and so sure she loved that. She actually really got a kick out of it. She's doing pretty good, too. And, and always the rule, if you play with your grandma, grandma has to judge the card no matter who plays it. Grandma has to uh, judge the card. What would grandma find disgusting yet oddly charming or whatever it is? You know, we were playing cards against humanity with the family one time and I played a black card and someone played like half-assed foreplay or something like that. And it was in regards to like, you know, me and my wife and, uh, you know, my mom was just like, well, you know, for Sindel's sake, I hope not. You know, just stuff like that. And I was just like, don't, don't, don't legitimately think about my sex life. That's weird. For your grandma too. Yeah, exactly. My dad though, you know, he was kind of the opposite growing up. Like my mom, yeah, she was kind of embarrassing. My dad to my friends was like this enigma. Like he was like a, like an international man of mystery or something. Like, you know, my dad uh, worked like a contracting job that, you know, like he couldn't talk about a lot. And so like all of my friends always assumed my dad was like a spy. <laughs> and so like, that's just what they would tell everybody was my dad was like an assassin or something. Like he was like really cool for some reason. And then also there was this lie that me and my dad would tell my friends that I totally forgot about. Like when I was in elementary school, we had this uh, uh, bikini poster of um, some swimsuit model. I couldn't tell you who it is now, but my friends would come over and they'd be like, why do you have that up? And uh, we'd be like, oh, that's my stepmom. She's just, <laughs> she's out of the country right now um, doing photo shoots for Sports Illustrated or whatever. And so I really didn't think much about it until years later, I moved back in with my dad and I'm riding the bus to school one day and just catching up with some old friends from elementary school. Cause this is like high school at this point. And they go, uh, Oh, is your dad still married to that hot chick? And I'm like, who are you talking about? And they were like the swimsuit model. I was like, dude, that was a lie. <laughs> they thought she was real. Yeah. I was like, that was a, like, how did you take that seriously? Have you seen my dad? <laughs> you know, like, um, so just stuff like that. And then another one, you know, just with my siblings, you know, siblings are always playing practical jokes and stuff on yeah. e each other. So same thing, like from that move from elementary school to the high school or whatever with the same peers. Actually, no, it was middle school. I go again back on the bus and they're like, like everyone's like, Ryan, Ryan. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's me. What's, what's the big deal? And they're like, we thought you died. What? And I was like, what? Who gave you that idea? And they're like, your sister, she told us that you died. <laughs> the bossy one? No, the younger one. The one I'm closest with now, she's like, they're like, I, oh, we thought you died. I'm like, and none of you came to my funeral? <laughs> <laughs> Facebook existed. No RIP Ryan? Like, what happened Wait, the sister, the sister told 
the friends that your friends you died? Yeah, apparently. Like my, I guess they were like, "Where's Ryan at?" And uh, like, I guess we were just all pathological liars too, because I also told a lot of people. I mean, it was really just a bit, but would tell my friends like, "Yeah, I've got a, uh, I've got a twin brother, but we were separated at birth." <laughs> And uh, so he lived in England, but we recently discovered each other. So it's like the parent trap. Yeah. So I, I would come to school some days and just start like doing an English accent. Or no, <laughs> it was an Irish accent because my English accent sucks. But I can do a I can do a wee bit of an Irish accent. And so I would just do that and be like, yeah, Ryan didn't want to come to school today. So I'm taking his spot. And, um, you know, so just stuff like that. And then. You have some very gullible friends. Yeah, exactly. Like, why is everyone at my school so... Although I did go to, like, a really redneck school. I think they were all just dumb. My graduating class was 92. And I came into that school with a, like, a 2.6 GPA because I really slacked off when I was living in Florida. I was able to go from that to the top 10% of my high school within a year. So I'm going to say you were probably like the valedictorian. <laughs> I was close. I was like, and the funny thing when you have a graduating class that small is that they like, there was like six speeches from students and I was like three away from being able to give a speech. If I had known that I wouldn't have had to been number one, like if they would have told me you can be number six and give a speech, then I would have shot for number six. Yeah. You would have had some ambition. Yeah, exactly. But um, I'm surprised though, because I, I mean, my high school, we only had two speeches. It was the valedictorian in the second one. And one of my, actually one of my good friends, uh, John, he, uh, he actually worked for the Trump administration, if you want to spray paint his house or something, but he- um, <laughs> the, the rocks and the yeah, windows. He was one of the last speeches. He used the word come in a way that no one had ever heard, I think, before. Like he said, when I came to, cause he came to the school and he, uh, like later before everyone else. And so he said, when I came to this school, I felt like a cum and we were like, what the hell is he talking about? Like, that's disgusting. (laughs) And, uh, you know, so yeah, but I, I I can give you one more mom story if, uh, go for it if you want it. All right. So, well, all right. Two quick mom stories. The first one's super quick. So my mom is always setting me up for failure. So wow, I was 12 and I had a crush on this girl who was like 16. She was my next door neighbor and we rode the school bus together. And so I kept telling my mom about like, yeah, I really got a crush on this girl. I got a crush on this girl. And so my mom, like knowing the age, age difference was trying to get me to go and ask this girl out. And so finally I did it. So I go up to this girl's house and I like knock on the door and she answers and I'm like, hey, um, you know, uh, I don't know if you really know me. We ride the bus together. I live across the street. You know, I just I think you're really pretty. I just wanted to let you know um, I wanted to go out with you. Uh, w- would you like to go to a movie with me on Friday? And she goes, no, I'm sorry. I'm busy Friday. Very polite. So I'm like, well, what about Saturday? <laughs> oh, no. And she goes, oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm busy Saturday as well. Okay, no problem. I totally get it. Well, how about next Friday if this weekend's not good for you? So she goes, uh, she goes, I'm busy every Friday and Saturday night for the rest of my life. And I said, What could you possibly be busy with every Friday and Saturday for the rest of your Didn't life? Get the hint. And she goes, Not going out with you. Oh. And just like totally just crushed me. 
And I, you know, so it, mean to be fair, it's like, I, I can understand. Cause I was being very persistent, but also like I was 12. It was my first time ever asking a girl out. And I was like, I'm coming home with a yes. And, uh, it did not work out. So that's just the kind of stuff my mom sets me up for. And another time she set me up for failure was this other girl. I was 14 and she was 17. I ended up in a relationship with her. So it kind of was navigating smoothly. You know, we, me and this girl, we were at her house one day and um, we were uh, taking a shower together and her dad had like back problems. And so um, we're taking a shower together and we had just been playing like strip twister. <laughs> so our clothes were like scattered all over the house. And I hear somebody faintly say her name. And so I'm like, hey, I think, you know, I think I just heard somebody say your name. And she's like, who? My other boyfriend? Ha 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 ha. And I was like, no, or your dad. And the next thing you hear is just like, boom, boom, boom on the bathroom door. He's like, who the's in there with you? And she's like, immediately gives me up. She just goes, Ryan. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's great. What a great girlfriend. So he's like, get the out of my house and all this. And I'm, I say the worst thing I could have possibly said at that point, which was, Hold on, I have to put my pants on. <laughs> I'm sure you love that. So then I'm re- he's chasing me around the rest of the house, and I'm trying to just pick up my clothes. I like put all my clothes on in the alleyway, and my mom owned a uh, consignment store that was like right down the street. So I run to my mom's store, and I'm like, Mom, Mom, like, uh, Jacqueline's dad's going to kill me. And she's like, Why? What happened? And I'm like, he just walked in on us taking a shower together. And she just like laughed at me, like just was just sitting there laughing at me. And so anyway, she has me sit behind the desk and just watch us customers come in and her dad comes in and they go back and they get into it a little bit. And then ultimately my mom was like, look, like he's 14, she's 17. Like if anybody was taking advantage of anybody here, it was your daughter. I'm sure he didn't take kindly to that. No, but you know, so she, she kind of got me out of it, but then I had to go and like, go, I'll go like apologize to him, which was just like the most awkward conversation ever. And I like, I told my mom, like, here's my apologies. Like I'll say, Oh, like it'll never happen again. And she's like, Oh no, don't say that. Cause like, what if it happens again? You know? <laughs> so I was like, okay. So yeah, that was just kind of the, the, the person that my mom was, but I think that's it for my, 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 my stories of, uh, of my family. Yeah, well, they're uh, they're really hilarious. Thank you so much for sharing them. You have a podcast. It's called uh, Ha Ha Horrible. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah. So basically on Ha Ha Horrible, uh, what we try to do is we take, you know, various different things that people have gone through in their lives. We've talked about divorce. We've talked about um, being in the middle of like your friend's affair. Um, yeah, we've talked about getting catfished, you know, anything that's kind of like a negative uh, thing that's happened in life. We try to take it and we try to put a funny spin on it. So got to find the humor in things. Yeah, exactly. Find the humor in in, in the dark, you know, parts of the world. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's, that's the podcast. Nice. Well, I hope uh, everyone listening uh, checks it out. Um, Where can people find you? Um, You can find me on pretty much every social media Facebook, Instagram, just look up Ryan Cunningham, comedian, 
just go into Google, go into Google, type in Ryan Cunningham comedian. You'll find my YouTube videos. You'll find my Instagram, my Facebook, um, my podcast will probably show up as it, there as well. So Google one-stop shop, Ryan Cunningham comedian. <laughs> nice. Well, thank you so much for being a guest. Um, I wish you and your career. Well, um, I wish all your family members. Well, all, um, 100 million of them. <laughs> so take care, uh, stay safe and be healthy. Awesome. Thank you, David. Thank you for having me on. Um, and, uh, yeah, just, just thanks again. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a five-star review. Would you like to be a guest? Please send a story about your embarrassing family member to embarrassingfamily at gmail.com.